Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Calm and Clean My Mac X. I'm Simone Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Hello. <laughs> that was weird. We could do better than we that. We have to do better. On, do Are you saying that because you want me to start over, or do you want no, just the people say welcome to have to, to the show? Just say welcome to the show, and we'll give you the appropriate amount of energy okay. back. All right, let's do this. Okay, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Wow. Hello. <laughs> it's a Wednesday. <laughs> uh, so we we have some huge stories uh, this week to cover. It's been a pretty dry week, you know, except for the one huge, massive, important thing that is happening. Um, so I'll just get right into that because it is a really big story uh, and just blanket content warning. We are going to be discussing the Activision Blizzard lawsuits and sexual harassment in the games industry. So if you ain't here for that, uh, you can skip ahead to topic two where we're going to talk about COVID vaccines. So <laughs> <laughs> just an all around really fun show for you tonight. But God, our, our dessert is hey, 10 the dessert's out of 10. really good. The dessert's yeah. really good, I will say. And I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna say what that is because I don't want to spoil it. But no, that don't spoil it. Nobody, yeah, rewarded. the dessert's really good. You'll Nobody's gonna rewarded. be upset about that. It's right. perfect. It's the perfect rocket dessert. So you have that to get through to get to, but first you're gonna have to listen to us. <laughs> okay, so cut laughter. It has been a very big week in the games industry. So this week, uh, Bloomberg Law announced that the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing uh, is filing a lawsuit against Blizzard Activ- uh, against Activision Blizzard after a two-year investigation that found that Activision Blizzard was discriminating wildly against women employees um, in terms of their conditions of employment, uh, that being compensation, assignments that they were given, promotions that they weren't given, um, reasons for termination, uh, pay discrimination, that's compensation, I'm stupid, uh, and also just alleging a rampant culture, frat-like culture of sexual harassment at the company that has been devastating for the women who work there. I, I, th- I think frat-like culture is actually kind of disrespectful to frats, honestly. <laughs> I think that it's just a toxic culture. No, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being dead serious. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Like, I actually think that that, like, it is, diminishes what this was. Sorry, go on. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, they are also saying that leadership of Activision Blizzard consistently failed to actually prevent discrimination or harassment um, and, in fact, retaliated against people who spoke up against it. Uh, the initial response from Activision Blizzard was a very lawyerly one, saying, hey, that's not true. Uh, They call the allegations distorted and in many cases false. And quote, uh, there was a huge backlash to that, uh, expected and deserved, I think. Um, People across the games industry spoke up against that statement, uh, including many, many people who work at Activision Blizzard, um, as well as people who play their games and people who are just in the games industry at large. As of today, Bobby Kotick has called the the company's first response, quote unquote, tone deaf and sort of walked back on that. But uh, as of today, Wednesday, the 28th, when we're recording, uh, Verge is reporting that almost a third of the company's employees have signed a letter calling for accountability and today, a large amount of employees uh, held a walkout of the company and protested quietly outside. Uh, the things that they are asking for are the end of forced arbitration for worker participation in hiring and promotion, uh, greater pay transparency, as well as uh, an employee-selected third-party audit of HR and other company processes. Uh, Activision currently is hiring its own audit firm to to oversee or to, to look into basically its own practices. Um, but that's their choice. Uh, so this follows on the heels of similar 
reveals uh, of, of problems at Ubisoft that happened last year that saw several high-level employees called out for perpetuating sexual harassment and assault, I think, in some cases. Um, some were let go, but a recent survey of employees showed that they felt that not basic, tangibly nothing had changed in the company culture. Uh, but with this, I think most recent incident at Blizzard and this this lawsuit and everyone speaking up against it, it almost does feel like this might be a watershed moment of accountability in games, certainly in terms uh, of again, visibility. It's again, the yeah. watershed <laughs> moment of accountability in games uh, for 2022. Yeah, for this year. Yes. All right. So yes, that is the year. end of my introduction. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I, I almost don't even know what to say here. You know, I did a ton of media this week with, with reporters asking me and like you, Simone, they're all like, isn't this, isn't this it? This is, things are going to change this time. Right. And I just have to tell you every, I, every single woman developer I know, like, obviously this has been a main topic all week and there's a, a deep sense of fatalism about it, right? Like after Gamergate, if we didn't do anything, after Ubisoft, my God, I mean, you had strangulation allegations there. Uh, You had really serious, credible sexual assault allegations there. And now this, I mean, if you read the lawsuit, the allegations around the suicide are fracking shocking. I mean, you have the allegations of a woman uh, basically being sexually harassed at work to such degree and her co-workers passing around nudes of her that it uh, allegedly contributed to her suicide, which is just uh, like, it's, it's, it's nightmare fuel. It's, it's, like I'm, I'm so exhausted with being disappointed about this. And the thing I can't get past is like, you know, there was another story that came out today. We can talk about it later with uh, basically the Cosby suite for BlizzCon, and you know, you've got uh, basically all these Blizzard employees holding up a portrait of Bill Cosby in bed, like, yeah, come on, like over here, bring the hot chicks. And then they're like going and saying, well, actually, I didn't know about Bill Cosby's reputation at the time. You know what? Go F yourself. I am so tired of this week's stuff. Go F yourself. It's not credible. How you've been pretending to be oblivious about these problems for decades now. It's just enough of it. Go solve it. Yeah. Christina, what about you? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to even know what to say. I mean, this is all so both, you know, um, terrible when you read the details in the lawsuit, which, you know, the state filed, um, uh, but also utterly unsurprising. And, and I think that's probably the most frustrating part is that these things, um, are very similar to the toxic stuff that we saw from Ubisoft. And they're very similar to things that in, in, uh, maybe not to this degree, but in terms of the, the things about that we've seen for years in, the tech industry more broadly in terms of compensation, in terms of promotion, in terms of tasks and how people are treated. Like these are not new things. And these are things that have not been addressed by, I'm not, I I think even just like limiting it to the game industry is a little bit of a cop-out because I feel like, you know, they shouldn't, that shouldn't be an excuse to prevent other parts of the tech industry from also having to be accountable for these things. They might not have had the same culture that would allow some of the stuff that was happening at Blizzard to have, which was clearly so toxic. I mean, if, if even half of the allegations in the lawsuit are true, if even if even if you were to take the most egregious things out and you were just to say, okay, the things that that were, you know, like on the face of it, the least bad, that would still be completely terrible and in a completely awful way to expect people to work. And and you're talking about, you know, a company, I don't know what Activision Blizzard's, you know, revenue is each year, but it's tremendous. These are games that and in, in, in properties that they work on and IP that they work on. They make billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. This is not some small little niche thing anymore, which is, I think, for many years, why, you know, parts of the game industry were able to get away with some of the, the lack of scrutiny was, oh, well, you know, it's games, it's burgeoning, it's this, it's that. No, it's, it's you know, in many cases, a bigger chunk of, of entertainment dollars than than a lot of traditional media at this point. You know, this is real business. And 
the fact that this has been happening and, and that um, nothing was done with it, the company's response, I think, was just probably the most unsurprising and yet highly disappointing part of the whole thing to me. Their initial response, which they've now tried to walk back because, of course, they have, was such a cop-out. It was, as you said, it seemed like it was written by lawyers. It was completely just tone-deaf on every level. I'm glad to see the employees walking out. I'm glad to see that so many people signed the petition that they signed. Uh, I hope that this will lead to, if if not sanctions against the company, which I think is the best that can happen, um, you know, from from the uh, the state lawsuit, and and maybe there would be something where they would have to be under some sort of, you know, review or control. But it's not as if no one's going to jail for for any of the things that are being alleged here. If, if people wanted to make criminal complaints, that would be a different proceeding and 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 whatnot. Um, I think the best thing that could come from this would be if the forced arbit- arbitration clauses would be diminished and, and also if, if NDAs would be, uh, dimin- uh, would, would be, you know, disposed of because yeah. in those cases, in both of those cases, I think that would be really important for stopping this from happening in the future. Forced arbitration, which is pretty common in a lot of industries, basically forces employees who are never in the power of, um, the power position here ever, um, to not have their own attorneys and have to go through, uh, you know, a legal proceeding with, um, basically kind of run by attorneys hired for the company. HR is not your friend. Uh, I don't care what company you work for. HR is not your friend. They work for the company, not for you. And so getting rid of forced arbitration clauses and allowing things to go through the proper courts process and also, you know, dissolving of NDAs, I think would go a long way towards, uh, you know, actually putting consequences to this sort of culture. I, I couldn't agree more. I want to I wanna talk more specifically about this because something I thought was so notable yesterday is you had Activision come forward and say, oh, we, we, wow, our, our initial response sure was bad guys. Hey, sorry about that. Here's what we're going to do. We're, we chose, we chose a law firm that's going to work for us. (laughs) That's Mm going to come in and do compliance reporting. By the way, Uber did the same thing. That worked out well. I was going to ask, has a company ever chosen a law firm to investigate itself and found problems? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, no, they have. But but it's, yeah, yeah. if you have a true outside uh, thing, yeah, you can. But it's, it's obviously there's some sort of conflict involved unless, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've never seen it lead to real structural changes or find the company largely guilty of something. We've certainly found incidents, but my wider point is, you know, so in who does uh who does Activision like praise as being the center of this lawsuit? Who's the center? The persons can get to the bottom of it. Why we're bringing in the former uh, uh, chairperson of the Securities and Exchange Commission. My God, you know, someone really wants to disrupt the status quo for problems in an institution when they bring in the Security and Exchange Commission, (laughs) former chairperson, institution famously, famously sending Wall Street people to jail when malfeasance comes up and levying aggressive fines. That's exactly who you want here. So that's the statement that Activision comes out with what they say. And Christina, to your point, I'm sorry I'm angry about this today, y'all. I'm just so disheartened. But what the walkout people say that they want is an end of forced arbitration, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, NDA and wasn't reviewing uh, pay disparities in there as well. Right. Those are common sense things that get at the heart of the problem. What Activision proposed is something helping Activision with an effing PR problem. Exactly. Mm. It, because they see it as a financial problem. They don't see it as a culture problem. Right. Yeah. By, by bringing in, by, by making it about like saying, we're going to bring in the the people who used to work at the SEC, then they are looking at this as, this is a problem that affects our our shareholders. Right. Not, this is a problem that affects our culture and our, and our workforce. And on that note, actually, uh, I saw this going around on Twitter today. After after their initial statement saying this is nonsense their stocks were holding pretty firm and then as soon as Kodak came out and said whoa we messed up boom plummeting stocks and it it, it just frustrates me so much because I understand why obviously stockholders would be like oh this looks bad let's get out of here but it I don't know seeing a company 
uh, it's it's just a bad situation when at the end of the day, I, I really do think those numbers are all that matter to certain people. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's a it, it is a money making business and it does no money making business genuinely cares about its employees beyond what they can do to keep them compliant and working. Yeah. Yeah. I I just feel so strongly none of this is going to change until it's more expensive to abuse women at work to until it's more expensive to abuse women at work than not abuse women at work. And that goes to your point, Christine, with arbitration, you just wish this away with a, a mediocre settlement that doesn't affect anyone's bottom line. You know, you need real consequences here. Yeah, and, you also yeah. you also force people, you make it very difficult for people to get other jobs because yeah. even though the settlement is supposed to be private, you now have these weird gaps in, in, in your resume that people have to talk about and it's weird things and people have whisper networks. And, um, you know, I think that in addition to making it more expensive, I think one of the other things this does is if you really want to affect the culture, then you need to retain people. And so far, because of, you know, the pay, it depends on the job. Sometimes it can be quite good, but in other cases, it's it's not. Um, we have talked about for years on this podcast, you know, the the problems with, with the, you know, working culture and grind culture um, uh, w- within the games industry. None of that has seemed to kind of dissipate, you know, kind of the the fact that there is there are more people who want jobs than there are jobs available but if people who are especially good at their jobs start to actually hold back and i think that's what was what was like heartening about people walking out and if they're saying i'm not going to work for companies like this so if people stop taking jobs at activision they stop taking jobs at ubisoft those are things that also can have impact on yeah. forcing companies to make changes. I don't care if they're making it out of the goodness of their heart or for good reasons or not. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it frankly doesn't matter. It, yeah, it's, I feel the same way. If, if you are if you are doing the right thing because um, happy workers will be more productive and will give you a better product, then I think, you know, then that, like if, if that's why you're doing it, fine. Um, but that's the leverage that the, the workforce has at this moment. I think is that. Um, if, if they don't work, it, it will take a long time if a lot of people quit en masse to find replacements. Not that there aren't replacements there, because of course they are, but it will take a long time to get them onboarded. And we've seen what, what you know, talent drains do to companies. And frankly, um, like, uh, solidarity, rock, you know, like with, 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 the, with the people walking out. Yeah, couldn't mm-hmm. agree more. Couldn't yeah. agree more. I just I, can I just say one more thing here. I mean, I I <sighs> there is a human cost that goes unnoticed by people. I I was I I don't think Philip would mind me saying sharing this. Uh, Philip Rosedale is a, a good friend of mine. Uh, you know him as the guy that invented Second Life, and I was talking to him yesterday about Activision, and he was noting that when he was building his Second Life team, every single person that he brought in from the game industry seemed traumatized or damaged from the the experience in that field. And I I really feel like that's particularly true of of women in this field. I I don't know anyone personally that doesn't on the developer side that's been here for a long time that frankly isn't sitting on like a little bit of resentment over the war stories that she's had to deal with. Um, I know a lot of people that have flat out PTSD from their time in the game industry. And what I find so frustrating about this, there was a TikTok about it, is it's like, you know, it, it had, uh, you know, men in the 80s, like, oh, women aren't being treated very well. Oh, that's that's really too bad. I'm so sorry to hear that. The men in the 90s, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Men in the 2000s, oh, <laughs> wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. And it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's like, it. It's 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 like, this is the culture. And I, I'm, I, I'm tired of us not doing anything. It's not those other guys. Like if you work in the game industry, you certainly have a role to play in making this better. 
even if it's just telling the guy next to you to knock it the F off. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm really at my limit with this, y'all. Yeah, the there was um there was a clip that went viral over the weekend that that uh was from eleven years ago. It was a question at um I guess it was at a BlizzCon where um a woman in the audience was clearly a big World of Warcraft fan and was was you know um uh, complimenting the panel, which was all male and, and all execs, and said, "Hey, I really like that there are you know great women characters, and I love to see this. But when are there going to be some that don't look like they walked yeah. out of the Victoria's Secret catalog?" Yeah, and the response response was gross. And it was gross 11 years ago, to be very clear. People like to pretend like, oh, Twitter and all these things were so edgy that long ago. Stuff was different. No, it really wasn't. Like, there were jokes and there were things you could get away with maybe more um, publicly. But the response from that particular thing was just as gross 11 years ago. It was gross 20 years ago, to, yep. to be frank. Mm -hmm. But it certainly wasn't okay 11 years ago. And and it was dismissive. And they said, oh, well, what catalog would you like them to go out of? And, and, and it was just really, you know, just disheartening. But what killed me was you see her face because they yeah. professionally captured this, right? This wasn't one of those things where it was like a fan like video. This was something Blizzard actually professionally captioned. And you see the light in her eye go out as she's kind of stepping aside, as she realizes they're not taking what she said seriously. Yeah. They're writing her off. They're making it a joke. You see that moment. And I think that all of us who have, you know, I, I don't think it's exclusive to women, uh, but I think that it's definitely true for a lot of women who, who we can think back on those times when we've expressed concerns and we've had that reaction and you you felt it. I was like, yep, this is exactly what it's like. And it's mm -hmm. it's horrible. And it's totally demoralizing. And it totally turns you off from something that you might really love. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't agree. I, I, I had word for word the same reaction to that clip, Christina. It, it was, oh, God, you see her face and you feel for her because you've been in that moment and been belittled in that same way. And, oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, I will move on uh, from this for now, but yeah, we'll keep uh, reading the stories and uh, thank you everyone for listening I to this. I feel like some news on this is going to come soon. So. I think so too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, let me take this moment to tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Calm. <laughs> Hey, that's actually a good segue. We could all calm down. <laughs> Business leaders know that happy, healthy employees create successful companies, <laughs> no matter what industry. <laughs> calm for business can help your employees be their best selves at work. At Calm, they want to help you kickstart your mental well-being initiatives, empowering employees to stress less, rest better, and build resilience uh, should be a year-round priority. And with Calm for Business, companies can partner with the number one mental fitness app to provide support and tools for their employees. So um, if you listened to this the first time that I talked about Calm on this show, I'm so sorry because I think I spent 10 minutes no, maybe five, talking about a particular sleep um, meditation that they had that I really, really liked. But I'm here to tell you that I still feel that way. Um, so <laughs> Calm has, it, it like asks you what you're interested in doing. Like, are you interested in being less stressed? Are you interested in like focusing better, et cetera? For me, the thing I'm most interested in is going to freaking sleep. And they have so many, I just, so many, um, uh, train experiences where a lovely narrator is telling you about how you're on a journey on a train going somewhere and like looking at things and the journey goes perfectly you have like nothing is lost you have a beautiful seat you're all usually alone on the train or you're seeing interesting people it's amazing but the other night i listened to one that was just telling me about these like rustic stone houses in scotland um again could not tell you many details about it because I went to sleep. It was great. <laughs> Calm has a library of content specifically designed to help work teams stress less, sleep better, and build mental resilience. This includes lo-fi music playlists, which I really want to check out, quick breathing breaks, guided meditations, and hundreds of soothing sleep stories to feel relaxed and more prepared for whatever comes your way. They even have programs tailored for mental health and productivity, like their Mindfulness at Work series. 
Millions of employees at over 600 companies like Lincoln, Iterable, and Universal Studios use Calm for business. Calm is available globally, and right now Calm is offering a free well-being ebook for HR and benefit leaders, and one month free after you attend a free demo when you go to calm.com slash rocket. That's right, a free well-being ebook and one month free after attending a free demo when you go to calm.com slash rocket. Get started today at calm.com slash rocket. Go there now. Our thanks to Calm for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah, I'm gonna download that. <laughs> I can't tell you how much it rules. It <laughs> and when you open it, it plays like beautiful cricket noises. Uh, and I, I just love it. Like, I love trains. I'm sorry. The ad read is done, but I love trains. <laughs> I and love trains. You have no idea because I recorded this ad read alone the first time I did it. And I, you guys, I was so excited when I booted it up and saw that this was like a whole genre that of like relaxing train journeys was a whole genre. Like, of course, it's not airplanes. Somebody gets on an airplane and is like, woo, it's a old relaxing train and it rules okay anyway <laughs> i want to ride a train okay vaccines listen so the wall street journal is reporting that google and facebook will both be requiring vaccines for returning office workers on u.s campuses google personally will expand that requirement to other countries in the coming months and they are looking at getting back in u.s offices by mid-october that's delayed from a september start date sundar pachai said accommodations will be made for people who have medical reasons or other private reasons for not being able to be vaccinated uh if those reasons are political this is interesting those people will be asked to continue working from home or there are going to be conversations regarding other options Ooh, spooky uh the facebook side is a little different so facebook is asking employees to vaccinate but also i was not clear on this they're saying that how they enforce that will depend on local regulations. Uh, so it sounds like they're maybe taking a less expansive approach than Google is. However, together, they will be two of the largest private companies requiring vaccination for office, for on-site work, uh, which has been a touchy subject because many companies, are, even if they are encouraging employees to be vaccinated, fear retaliation or, or lawsuits uh, if they make it a requirement of employment. But it seems like this might be one area where Facebook and Google truly are too big. And also, they are the pinnacles of the tech industry. Uh, they might, they simply might not care. Um, so that there, that is uh, the tech industry kind of leading a push for mandatory vaccination on work campuses. What do we think about that? Christina, go ahead. Uh, bring it, right? So Microsoft in January, uh, disclosure, I work at Microsoft. I'm not speaking on behalf of Microsoft, but this is all public. Um, I, uh, they, they announced in January that people would not be required to be vaccinated, um, but that it was going to be highly encouraged. And there have been pushes to get people vaccinated. Uh, like there were, there were opportunities, like I was able to get vaccinated because I early because I volunteered um, in, in Washington state. Um, they've been doing other things too. Our campus has even been used as like a site for people to get vaccinations. Uh, that said, um, I think that our, our, com our, our come back to work date is still, at least at this moment, is still set for September. I, I, I'm anticipating that will probably be delayed, but uh, you know, it's, well, it's different state to state. So it really just depends on, on what the, uh, I guess what the situation is looking like, but at least last last time we heard, they were still going to be, we recommend it, but it's not required. And how it works is that you have to take a self-test um, assessment um, before you go into the office every single day. You have to fill out, uh, there's like an app that you have to test that I don't have a fever. I haven't been around anybody who's had COVID, whatever. Um, but if you have been vaccinated and, you, and it's a self-testament thing, you can put in that you've been vaccinated uh, and then you don't have to wear a mask. Um, but it's all, you know, based on, like, you know, basically the honor system. <laughs> Frankly, I hope that the company, and I say this as an employee, um, I, I hope that the company follows Google and Facebook and looks into what some of the, you know, different um, uh, ways that they, they could enforce it or, or, or mandate it would be because, A, most of the people um, 
in our in our state, at least where Microsoft's main campus is, have been vaccinated. But B, like I think that that's we're at this point now where with the Delta variant, people who have been fully vaccinated are getting sick. They're not getting as sick, but it certainly mm-hmm. is still something people can catch. Viruses are mutating. The only way to end this is for people to get vaccinated. And at this point, I think the only way that we can get some people to get vaccinated is if you force them. Yep. So uh, bring I'm 100% it. there with you, Christina. Um, look, you know, my perspective on this is I grew up in Mississippi. And Mississippi has the strictest uh, vaccine laws in the entire uh, country, just about. Uh, No religious exceptions. Uh, It's only if you have a legit uh, autoimmune reason for not getting vaccinated. And, you know, it, it works fine. And I, I think that we, we've tried this thing where we're asking people nicely to, to do it for other people. It's just not happening. I, maybe it's because I come from a military family. Like my grandfather served in World War II. My dad uh, was a, an officer in the Navy. I think when it comes to uh, serving your country and taking care of your neighbors, uh, it's something I take very seriously. And I don't think it's a big ask to ask people to go get vaccinated, uh, to have a shot in your arm uh, and feel like crap for a day to keep your entire company safe and the people around you safe. And I think it's time to start looking at mandates here. The, The legal question I have is, you know, this is still under uh, emergency youth use authorization by the FDA, mm-hmm. uh, which I th- it definitely has legal question marks along with that. Can you mandate this? So I, what I want to see is the FDA approve this for widespread use as yep. soon as possible, because that not to say you can't do it before it, but it lowers the it, it lowers the uh, the the potential legal blowback that you could have for something yep. like this. Um, but at the same time, uh, what I want to see is moving towards is uh, uh, you know, you used to have to be able to prove uh, you'd been vaccinated to fly out of the country. I obviously we need that. Uh, I want to see it for federal workers. Uh, I would obviously like to see it for schools. And I think it's time like we've 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 dealt with the children for a while that don't want to get vaccinated. I think it's time to just put some mandates into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt Iglesias wrote um, a, a good thing last week on his Substack stack um, about wow, the, Matt Iglesias the FDA wrote a good thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> actually was. But anyway, um, he, he wrote a good thing on on a Substack last week about that same issue you're talking about with the fact that because it is, but still, it hasn't been officially approved by the FDA, there are some limits. One of them actually is the way that they can do about testing and the way they can look at efficacy with people under 12. Um, the other thing is with mandates, both both from like a, a federal um, level and, you know, maybe um, at a smaller level. Right now, I think that the case law has, has indicated that, um, you know, the private companies, smaller ones might not be willing to take the risk, but bigger companies like like a Google or a Facebook clearly are going to have the resources to fight it. The, the past precedent seems to be clear that if this is a health risk that they, they can require this. But to your point, Bree, yeah, I mean, I had to get a number of shots to go to Brazil to enter the country. I had to get a number of shots to go to India. I had to get a number of shots to go to South Africa. I had to, you know, for public school, when I was growing up, had to have a number of shots. California kind of dropped the ball on that for a while, but even they have come back around because once measles came back, they were like, oh man, like, that's not good. Like, no one really knows how to treat this and this isn't a good thing. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty hardcore civil libertarian but uh, this is like a health crisis thing. There can be options if you if you ad- adamantly refuse to go get vaccinated, if you don't want to come into an office and you can have a conversation with your employer about what your options are and, and maybe they'll work out for you. Maybe they won't. But like people are dying. People are getting sick again. My father-in-law um, is uh, in his 70s. He got vaccinated and he got COVID and he was in the hospital over the weekend. Oh, I didn't know he, that. He got, the, he, he got the Delta variant. He's he's doing okay now, but that's really scary, right? And this is somebody who yeah. was who was fully vaccinated. Like he he wasn't put on a um a, a respirator, thank God, but he he does have oxygen now. Like these are things where and and I'm not being hyperbolic, given his age and given his past um uh like respiratory problems. If he hadn't been vaccinated, it's I, I doubt that I, I bet that we I bet that he wouldn't be in a very different situation health wise. Yeah. So. 
this isn't a joke. This is getting worse. The whole reason we're back here is because people won't get the freaking shot to begin with. Like, if if the government, for whatever reason, can't step up, then private business who, look, honestly, I think you can make a very good case that that the, the COVID vaccine has been a triumph of private business. Yeah. And and uh, it, it has not been a triumph of governments. It's been a triumph of private business and industry. And if, if, if that's what it takes to get people vaccinated is, is the businesses, um, you know, stepping up and requiring mandates, so be it. And at this rate, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe this is very cynical of me. Um, cause I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I feel like having private businesses do this and also take the heat when there is heat for it, it you know, that's fine with me. I, I feel like <laughs> oh, our political situation in this country is such crap that I know, I know for a fact that if the Biden administration made some kind of sweeping countrywide vaccine mandate, um, we would, <laughs> the Democrats would not win the next election. So please, <laughs> Facebook and Google, go ahead, do your thing, um, help your employees become vaccinated and, um, yeah, since the the government can't and also won't step up and do it, I I have to say sometimes my job to look at polls on that, and I don't I let not your heart be troubled. I don't think that's true. Really? So, okay. Yes, I'll take really. it. Thank you. Um, no, I, I I just wanted to back up what you were saying, Christina. The effects of uh, Operation Warp Speed on vaccine development have been vastly overstated by people mm-hmm. for political reasons. Yep. I live right here in Boston. Like Moderna, Frank worked on parts of the Moderna virus. Uh, Moderna was, I believe it was originally working off German research, and it's been there for a freaking decade right here in Boston, working on bringing a drug to market. And, uh, you know, it certainly helped at the end with, uh, you know, finalizing the uh, safety push. But, totally. um, you know, no, this, this is, yeah. This, this, I mean, this was business. This this, yeah. this was, yeah. I mean, and 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 that that's across the board. And that's, it's actually, it's it's interesting to me that people who, have been on the other kind of political side of this, haven't used that to their advantage because to me, that'd be a great talking point. Yeah. Look at how great big business did. See, we should have less government in this or that, right? Because look at what business, look at what private industry achieved. But no, they're they're instead going to, this isn't real, even as people are continuing to die. Yeah. Yeah. I, one final thought. I really appreciate you bringing up, Christina, um, the existing vaccine requirements for traveling to different countries and also um, in different states. Because I think even being so semi-recently a child and having to get vaccines, it's really easy to kind of forget that that that's a thing and kind of mm-hmm. accept the accept the um politicization of it and the um oh gosh what's the word polarization of it as like a fact like oh maybe this is a bit of a personal like a liberty violation um and being reminded that want needing people to have vaccines is not new uh, is really helpful, I think, because it's it's easy to forget and just assume that it has always been this, like this level of polarized. I know it's always been a bit polarized, but this level, I think, is something particularly intense. Anyway, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Clean My Mac X. Oh, again, you should be able to rely on your computer. It should be in good enough shape to get you to your goals. It should be fast and organized and make working on it a dream. But that's not always the case. Hmm. If you're a Mac user, you should use CleanMyMac X from MacPaw, who are diligent Mac developers many in the Mac community trust. CleanMyMac X is an ideal decluttering app for Mac. So what does it do? CleanMyMac X includes 49 tools to find and delete invisible computer junk. It helps tune up the Mac so it runs at its maximum speed. It also organizes disk space, showing your large hidden folders. Plus, you can free up tons of space so your Mac never runs into issues with storage and it fights mac specific malware and adware and targets your computer protects your computer from being targeted what i have words in my mouth clean my mac x is notarized 
by Apple, so you know it's been checked for security by Apple itself, and it really stands out on design. It makes such a difference when an app is enjoyable to use, and you'll always be discovering new ways to optimize your Mac. Get Clean My Mac X today with 5% off at macpaw.app slash rocket. That discount is only valid for two weeks, and I think this is the second week that we're in right now. So go right now to macpaw.app slash rocket for 5% off. That is M-A-C-P-A-W dot app slash rocket for 5% off. Thanks to Clean My Mac X for their support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. All right. Just like I promised, <laughs> it's time for dessert. Woohoo! So, Christina, this is a sexy you, one. You brought this to my attention, um, <laughs> and I cannot. I am in debt to you once more. There is a new ad for Burberry Cologne. It's called Burberry Hero: The New Fragrance for Men, and I cannot tell you a single thing about the perfume what it smells like. I don't honestly don't even remember what the bottle looks like at the end of the ad because the ad simply features Adam Driver running shirtless down the beach next to a beautiful horse, then getting in the ocean and swimming with the horse and transforming into a centaur. And that's what I know. And that's all I've ever wanted to know. So thank you. Thank you for that. I cannot wait for John Oliver to make some sort of comment about this because of his longstanding Adam Driver obsession. Um, but yes, as a horse girl, I figured that this would be oh, good yeah. for you. Also, also like, you know, you 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 love um um you love him. Like, like we 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 both kind of bonded over 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 uh you know shipping um uh Ray and Rilo together in yeah. uh in, in in the trilogy, the most recent trilogy, like honestly, I know other people like shipped other things. Like for me, it was it was Raylo. Like that was honestly, you know, the the you're gonna have to believe here, but the force <laughs> was like the, the best part of that entire trilogy. If I'm being completely honest, especially since the third film was not good um, at all. Um, so yeah, this this was great, and I'm just once again, I have I feel bad, I, but I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm I'm begrudgingly very very grateful to Lena Dunham for giving us Adam Driver because who knew? I didn't. The, the girls would no one could have known. Of Honestly, her whole I think uh, yeah. I, I I I think so. I mean, like Allison Williams was pretty great too, but like, but honestly, Adam Driver has been such a gift, and I'm. This was just a wonderful ad. Googling Marie, Allison Williams so I can figure that I, out. Uh, so so uh, oh. I I find I find him sexually he he. I don't know how I feel about him as like a Go sexual on. icon because I look at him and sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's really hot. And then other times I'm like, well, he kind of runs funny down the, the, the beach. It's not a runner's gate. It just looks off and he's just off in some way. So I, I, like my natural inclination with him is like, I don't know how to classify him. And then he's turning into a horse, a centaur yeah. in this sensual pool of water. And the, the music is just, it, it's all meant to be very erotic. And I'm, it's the exact same feeling that I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm confused. What's, what the, what's going on? Where am I? That's how I felt about this. So many of those questions I cannot answer for you. <laughs> but I do, you know what I appreciate? Seeing horse content targeted to men. Because yeah. seeing a beautiful horse galloping down a beach with its mane and tail streaming in the wind at sunset has for so long been content for little girls. And I, you know, I don't think, I think that, media for little girls is of course valid and we should appreciate it for what it is but i think that men in fact all genders should be able to enjoy a beautiful well-muscled palomino horse galloping at full speed <laughs> down a beach at sunset with its mane and tail streaming in the wind uh, that should be something we can all love it's gender neutral um and i for one love it also, I think he's someone that like can appeal like regardless of like your sexual out sexual orientation or how you identify. I think that we can all even like Brie, like you're not quite sure how you feel about him. It's because he I has a weird we energy. 
he does. I, but I think we can all agree that there's something sexy about him. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. there like, can like he, be. It's you know, not consistent. It can no, be but there. The, but but it, it, it's very interesting. But he's one of those things. He's just fascinating. Yeah. It's just good. Like, he's he's got that factor that you never would – again, I never would have imagined from the girl's pilot that, like, this guy would be, like, this, I think, very apt sex symbol for the era that we're in. But I think that – I think it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I saw Snake Eyes this weekend, which is excellent, by the way. It's like you're looking at Henry Golding. You're like, yeah, sex symbol should be in the running for the next Bond. Like, no question. And I just, like, help me understand this. Why? What makes him so... He's such an interesting person, and I can't put my finger on it. I think it's an inner intensity. Yes, Yes, because like he was in the movie with the with uh, the, the Scorsese the Scorsese film about the um, the priest uh, with with Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. um, and and, um, and and it was a good film, but it was also kind of like a hard film. It was a very long film too, as I recall. I think it was like three hours or something. Um, but uh, it, it, I saw it at the uh, at the um, DGA uh, Center, um, I think, in, in New York. Anyway, um, but he's uh, and I think but he's like he's like ugly hot. But he's got this charisma. I don't know. There's just something very interesting about him. Yeah. He has a pull. And his emotions come through in his eyes. It's they, great. They do. They do. Even when he's like a, a, a like a troubled priest, you're like, I kind of am into this. It's even though it's not the content. I think Kylo Ren is the best example of that, right? Because like he's very weirdly yes. rectangular in that film. Um, but his eyes are full of feelings. And I love that about mm-hmm. him. Anyway, if you would yes. like to enjoy this ad. It's in the show notes. There's no one stopping you. I fully recommend it. He runs so <laughs> well done, fast. Honestly, well done, Burberry. If you solve the mystery, get back to me on Twitter. Help me understand there, particularly if you're a scientist <laughs> or you have some kind of advanced degree. Use your education. Help mankind. Uh, because like the three of us, I, I, I think you're onto something, Simone. I just I need to dig sure. even deeper we, to understand. You're right. We need science to prove this. We can't just go off my feelings and anecdotes alone. We need evidence. We do need evidence. Please let us know. Yeah. If I, if I could say just real briefly, sure. Uh, kudos to Burberry for this because man, did they pick the right person for this ad, the right topic? Like talk about, it's hard to have kind of a viral ad today, weirdly, because everybody does it. But I was like, oh my God, this was both an irreverent and good ad that'll get everybody talking but also like was the exact perfect person. So kudos to their marketing team because very well done. All right, before we get into what we're doing this week, let me tell you about a show called Roboism on our very own network, Relay FM. So on this show, Roboism, Alex Cox and Kathy Campbell explore how artificial intelligence, machine learning, and digital assistants are affecting our culture. Uh, explore the humanity behind the bots that are quickly becoming part of our everyday life at relay.fm slash Roboism or search for Roboism wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. Christina, what are you doing this week? I don't even know. So I was in um, Denver over the weekend, which was really fun. Guster was awesome. Red Rocks was great. Um, I'm just kind of like hanging. Um, uh, Things are kind of slow at work right now, which is good because everybody's kind of off. But, um, oh, I am planning. It won't be available next week, but um, it'll be up, I guess, like in 10 days from now or whatever. But uh, this week on Channel 9 is coming back. So oh, I film my I film I film my yeah, next episode yeah. um, next week. So that's that's good. So that's exciting. But uh, yeah, just kind of chilling. It's hot, um, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I'm glad that Red Rock Red Rocks was fun. It was very fun. I'd never been. I've and, never and, been either. And I, was, and I was glad to go. I'm uh, I'm going back um, in uh, the beginning of uh, I guess, uh, September 13th. For Death Cat for Cutie, so <laughs> oh, it was wow. a nice good trial. It was like it, it, it was a nice good like trial uh, trial run. Brianna, what are you up to this week? Uh, well, you know, today I don't know if y'all can tell today on the podcast. Like, I feel like myself for the first time in a while <laughs> since getting out of the hospital. So, um, I'm feeling a lot better with that, uh, which is good because uh, Nina Turner's race finishes on uh, Tuesday. Uh, so I've been putting in crazy hours with that, and uh, I'm working on another big, huge project, which I hope I can tell everybody about soon. Yay! All right. I am simply working 
as usual. Why do I never think about this until the moment I am talking about it? Um, <laughs> something must be happening to me. We're probably going to finish season four of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. And then I will be fully educated on, I guess, the backstory of the Darcy Silva cinematic universe, um, which is a reference that only people who have watched 90 Day Fiance, (sighs) which is approximately none of our audience will understand. Just know that it is some of the greatest human drama of all time. And it's also trash. And I love it. I'm just kind of it's it's so hot here. So I honestly have just been working and then lounging around watching TV directly in front of a fan. Um, And that's pretty much my life. And it's going to be my life for the next month. TBH. All right. Hey, Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Remember, if I can get to 10,000 Instagram followers, I will find a way to dress up in a Clippy costume. Don't Um, tease me, Christina. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm at 6,089 now. So, you know, we're like more than halfway there. Um, I I don't know how many I've gained. Uh, I don't really watch that. But yes, please, everyone follow me on Instagram. Um, And uh, you can find the stuff that I do at work. Uh, Like I said, it will be up uh, next Saturday. So like 10 days from now, um, at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. All right. And Brianna, what about you? You know how you could get 10,000 followers? You could dress as Clippy <laughs> and just go around Seattle committing crimes and taking pictures Whoa. of it. You know, okay, A, that's, that's a great TikTok account, actually. Um, B... I need to think about this because I think that I would probably lose my job. So I need to think about how many TikTok like followers I could get and how much content I could create. Like, could I like live off of it? Because if I could, I'm I'm kind of like you not can't opposed. get the official Clippy costume if you get fired unless you steal it. Well, well, hence the committing crimes part. Like, you steal the costume, you go around the city, then you get fired and you don't have it anymore. But like, that's what you do to like build the brand. I see, and then you pivot to something else. I just stick out the next Marvel movie where you got Captain America, the new Captain America. Like, I got to stop Clippy. Clippy's working with Hydra. It's just That would be an incredible (laughs) crossover. Actually, it would. Look, look, there was a Zune in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So I feel like, I don't know, man, marketing people, like, get with me. I have ideas. Damn, they're sitting on Goldmine. Bring back (laughs) Clippy, you fools. Listen, give the people what we want. This only reached its peak a few weeks ago. We have to let corporate take its time. They will bring back Clippy. It is the time. It is the moment. We just we have to sit back and wait and we will see all our dreams come true. And number one will be Christina wearing that costume when she gets to 10K on Instagram. So get over there. Oh, my God. Siri activated and recorded all of that. No, she's sending it to Microsoft. Stop, Siri. Stop. Don't send Don't it to Microsoft. Satya, I'm sorry. Cortana, <laughs> don't. She's like, sorry, I missed that. She had a whole block paragraph. <laughs> okay, hey, uh, thank you. You can find me on Twitter at TubeQuasar <laughs> and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can put podcast reviews. I don't care. Put them anywhere. Um, And thank you so much again. Uh, This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.